Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. We're going to focus today on that passage from Luke 2. It says, I've got good news of great joy that will be for all the people. We'll look at those three things. Good news of great joy for all people. If you think of this, I'd like you to think first of good news. And we're all looking for some good news to be shared, right? And of course, for us, what we might think would be the best news is to hear that COVID-19 is over. That we can get back to some sense of normalcy. That's what we would like. I know it. That would be awesome news that I hope that we hear again someday soon. How about other good news? Well, can you imagine hearing these words? The war is over. Now for us, that may not be that important. But if you were in a war-torn land, if you were in the United States at the end of the Civil War, would you long to hear those words? How about after fighting World War I and World War II? People long to hear the war is over. Even the conflicts that we've had, Korea, Vietnam, other ones more recent, all those times, if you lived in an area that was torn apart by war, you would long to hear those words. The war is over. How about some good news like some of the members of our church have received recently? where their house has been on sale for sale for months now. Kind of an odd thing here in Austin, Texas, but been on sale for quite a while. And no offers, no offers, no offers. And just this last week, I think it was, I got a text from them saying, we have an offer in the house for not only just an offer, but for full price. Good news, right? Or if you have ever gone through situations with cancer, And to hear the doctors say the cancer is not there anymore, that's some good news. Or going in to have a baby and to hear that the baby is healthy and well, good news. Well, we don't really so much need to hear that the baby is good or healthy. We're just delighted that a virgin had a baby to give us what we so desperately need, a Savior. That's the good news we will rejoice in tonight. However, we've all heard some things that that may initially sound like good news, but probably aren't that good. Have you ever heard something like this? All right, I'll give you another chance. Just don't mess up again. You know, it has an initial sound of good news, right? It's like, I'll give you another chance. But it's always got that other thing behind it. Just don't mess up again. Now, if you've ever struggled with an addiction, is that good news? Let me give you just one more chance. One more chance to, you know that word? There's that phrase I have you write down, the words, try harder. Then I have you put a circle around it and a line through it. Because if you just try harder, does that work? That doesn't sound like good news. I was speaking with a precious person one time, and this person shared with me how, yes, Jesus died for their original sins, but they were still accountable for all their actual sins. That doesn't sound like good news to me. Does that sound like good news to you? Where all Jesus does is he takes care of the first ones, but now all the rest of them are on you. That seems overwhelming. Not like good news. Jesus isn't just a partial savior. Jesus is the one who took all of your sins away. And so when you hear that good news from John in his epistle, 
his letter when he writes that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's really good news, isn't it? Because what we have there is, yes, Jesus, when he died, he died for all of our sins. But every time I confess, because I'm aware of my sin, I confess and then I appropriate, I take upon myself the forgiveness that God already has given me in Jesus and it cleanses away the guilt and the shame and we're set free. That's some good news, isn't it? That's what Jesus came to do to bring freedom for us who were imprisoned by our sin and to give hope to us who otherwise would have no hope. Salvation. That idea of having salvation where where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. That brings us from good news to great joy. Now there's a little phrase I trust you've heard before. Happiness comes from happenings where joy comes from Jesus. So happiness comes from happenings. If you get a really nice gift this Christmas, you can be really, really happy. And that's fantastic. I hope you do get some really great gifts and are happy about it. There's nothing wrong with that. But happiness is not joy. Joy is something that endures. When you are struggling and suffering and things are not going well, I don't think you can actually have that and happiness at the same time. But you can have suffering and struggle and joy. You might know of people like that. Their life is difficult. Sometimes we even know people in chronic pain whose life is miserable. And yet they have an incredible source and fountain of joy. Because they know who their Savior Jesus is. And they delight in the one who was born for them. Who lived for them. Who died for them. And who continues even now to intercede for them. For a sign, how many of you would rather have happiness than joy? That's the right answer. Okay? How many of you live that way? Every hand should be shooting up, right? We all live as though joy is way more what we want than happiness. But it's a struggle, isn't it? It's a struggle not to want to be led by happiness, but instead to be led by joy that we have in Jesus every single day. Because the one who came to be born for us said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Now, to think of having joy kind of brings us into when the shepherds are, they have that good news announced to them by the, by the angel. And so the angel comes and the Shepherds saw that angel, but you know, their first initial reaction was not one of joy. They saw the angel, and it says in our text that they feared with a great fear. We might today in Texas say, I don't know, you'll probably from Minnesota I got this, but this is close, right? They were shaken in their boots. They were scared to death. You'll give me a better Texas phrase after church today. Okay, they were really scared. Okay, and isn't it interesting that if we think about 
There they are in the dark with their sheep, comfortable. And then the angel comes and brings all this light and they are scared to death. And it reminds me of John chapter 3. Listen to what it says. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Isn't that beautiful? It kind of shows us what goes on. And I have a little story for you in just a minute to kind of further describe that. But it's beautiful to recognize that we as people like the darkness because we don't want to have our stuff seen. We just like to have it kind of covered. Now, what I usually tell folks when I'm doing my confirmation classes, I'm not sure if I had that when you were going through confirmation, but I like to always remind people that that reminds us that we're kind of like cockroaches. Have you ever lived in a house with a lot of cockroaches? We're in Texas. I mean, they're kind of everywhere. Okay? So if you have, when you turn on the light, what happens? Shoom! They're gone, right? But you, you saw the motion, so you knew they were there. Okay? Well, you know what happens is that when God comes in the person of Jesus and he brings us into his family because of the work of Jesus, you know what that, do, that does? God takes this little stamp and puts an S on the, our backs. Now we're super cockroaches. Okay? Lights come on. And because of our life now lived in Jesus, the one who came to give us life and salvation through the forgiveness of our sins, take a look. Our, our works have been done in Christ. Jesus and his perfection covers all over our, our works so that now what we've done is beautiful in God's sight. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about the difference this Christ child makes who lived that perfect life for you, who died for you, who intercedes for you, who's all about you. Is that not amazing? He did that for you so that you might, not be, not, that you might now not be all about yourselves. He wants you and me to be free, to be all about one another. A little story about this darkness light goes like this. A number of years ago, and this was quite a while ago, one of the leading golfers on the professional tour was invited to play in a foursome with Gerald Ford, then President of the United States, Jack Nicholas, and Billy Graham. After the round of golf was finished, one of the other pros came up to the golfer and asked, hey, what was it like playing with the President and with Billy Graham? The pro unleashed a torrent of cursing in a disgusted manner. He said, I don't need Billy Graham stuffing religion down my throat. With that, he turned on his heel and stormed off, heading for the practice tee. Astonishing, Billy Graham had said not a word about God, Jesus, or religion. Yet the pro had stormed away after the game, accusing Billy of trying to ram religion down his throat. How can we explain this? It's really not difficult. Billy Graham didn't have to say a word. He didn't have to give a single sideward glance to make the pro feel uncomfortable. Billy Graham is so identified with religion, so, so associated with the things of God, that his very presence is enough to smother the wicked man who flees when no man pursues. When the light comes, how do we respond? How do those in your family respond? How do those that you know and love respond? 
when the light of the world, Jesus, comes into the world, are we drawn and attracted to him? Yes. Right? That's why you're here tonight. What I want to know is, how about those in your family? How about those that are around you that know and love you? Are they drawn to the light? Or are they repelled because it will show forth what's not so good? I just read earlier today an article about someone, a a religious leader, a Christian leader, great man, I've listened to lots of his stuff, love it very much, that they're checking into his life and it looks, he's passed away, but it looks like there was a bunch of indiscretion in his life, harmful things he had done. Sad, right? Really a struggle for us. Until we remember that Jesus came into the world to save sinners like us. Including religious leaders who speak for God, who also struggle like me. You see, Jesus came for all of us. He didn't come to save us from some other people. He came to save us from our own sins. Because without him, we'd be without hope. But now we have a great and awesome hope. When the light comes in, remember Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6? He's there in the throne room of God and he sees God and he says, Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Woe is me. Peter, when he sees Jesus and Jesus is doing something before him, says, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. That should be our natural response until Jesus comes along. And includes us into his family and says, Now I've delivered you from the kingdom of darkness into my marvelous light, a new kingdom. Now I want you to proclaim the excellencies of me, of Jesus. That's our job. We're delivered from darkness to light. We have a new life. Remember what it says in Scripture? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You have been baptized into Jesus. You trust in Jesus. You are a new creation. As we're here to celebrate the new baby, a new creation, so we celebrate ourselves being that new creation. Isn't that awesome? Would you say it with me, those four words, or five? I am a new creation. I am a new creation in Christ. Now, this joy, joy, not happiness, joy, that new creation, who I am in Christ that endures forever, right? One day you and I will live and reign with Jesus, new heavens and new earth. Now, if that's the case, I want to share a little something with you. There's a man, he was driving along, a drunk driver came and hit hit his car. His mother, his wife, and his daughter died, one of the four kids. He longed just like a couple of you in here, maybe three, four of you, who have lost loved ones this year, will long to have your loved one back sitting in these pews with you today. With everything within you, you'd like to have that. And that would make you happy. But you know what? Because we live as broken people in a broken world, you know what would happen? They will die again. 
but because of who they were in Jesus, they will never, ever again die. We don't have just a temporary happiness so we can enjoy them for a little bit longer, another few days, another few months, another few years. We have eternal life with them forever in the presence of Jesus. Is our God not good? He's awesome. Because you and I will live and reign with him forever, new heavens and new earth. And we can count on it because Jesus made a promise. Right? Lastly, for all people, Good news of great joy, an enduring thing. Good news, it's not advice, it's not try harder, it's good news. Here it is for you. And finally, for all people. For all people reminds me that the first ones that came to see Jesus were the shepherds, right? Were the shepherds the cream of the crop? No, they were kind of the dregs, okay? And so Jesus came for all people, even those who are overlooked, And then Jesus also, while he was doing his ministry, he said, you know what? As I'm doing my ministry, these tax collectors and these prostitutes, these sinners, are listening to me more than the religious leaders. So I've got something for you. Those prostitutes and tax collectors, you religious leaders, they're getting into heaven before you are. They're welcomed into my kingdom because they hear, they accept, and they follow me. Just out of curiosity, again, for the religious leaders, those tax collectors and prostitutes were like, yeah, you stay over there. Okay? Now, I know you fairly well, and I'm not sure about everybody on the camera, but maybe I know a bunch of you as well. I'm just curious, because there's a lot of stuff that we don't share about each other. Are there any people that would be on your, yeah, not them, list? Ethnically, behaviorally, politically. Are there any of those people that would be on that do not touch, do not disturb, do not love list? Because you know what it is for Jesus? That little spot for Jesus is empty. I have good news of great joy for all people, including... You and me. Amen? Amen. Amen.